are listening to Stories from Palestine podcast, a podcast recorded in Palestine and about Palestine. My name is Crystal. I am originally from the Netherlands and I am married to a Palestinian. We live in Beit Safafa between Jerusalem and Bethlehem and we run Singer Cafe and Al Jisser Bar in Beit Sahur. Before moving to Palestine in 2013, I worked as a teacher and tour guide in the Netherlands. I have a degree in history and in tour guiding and many years of tour guiding experience. Due to the COVID pandemic, tourism in Palestine came to a complete halt and that's why I started Stories from Palestine podcast in August 2020. This is the second year of the podcast with every week on Monday a new episode about the history and heritage of Palestine as well as the reality of life today. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Dear friends and listeners of the podcast, I am back in Palestine and I'm sitting right now under the olive tree in our garden. It's an 80 years old olive tree. It's very big. And I think because it's so close to the house and it gets enough water, it has grown so fast and it has a lot of olives in it. And we are waiting until the end of October, beginning of November to harvest the tree. And this is my usual spot for doing meditation. And also there's another part under the olive tree where I can do my yoga exercises. And it's really good to be back in Palestine. But it has also been quite a month last month, officially emigrating from Holland to Palestine, giving up the house that I was still renting, getting rid of all my personal belongings Some of the things I packed, I had three luggages and a bag full of things that I brought back with me from Holland to Palestine and all the rest of my things, they went through my hands this summer and they found another home where they went to the second hand shop or some of the things I, I sold, gave away and some of the things I had to throw away because they were in such a bad shape. And yeah, it was quite nostalgic to close the door behind me for the last time and to know that I don't have a place to go back to. And of course, I do have lots of friends in Holland who are ready to host me and my family in the future when we visit the country. But still, I always had maybe still one foot in Holland and one foot in Palestine. And now both of my feet are here And as I'm sitting here under the olive tree and contemplating, I said to myself, I'm just going to record a podcast episode on the top of my head. Usually I do prepare and I have a script, if you were wondering, but this time I'm not going to do that. Also because I just listened back to the episode I did for the one year anniversary and I was really emotional when I heard it because, you know, you You make it, you produce it, you upload it. And then very often I don't have a chance even to listen back to my own episodes. And now as I was thinking about last year and everything that I've been through, and I listened back to that episode and I heard from so many people how much they appreciate the podcast, I was just a little bit emotional and, and happy, like in a in a good way. And I've also had a question from several people about why did you 
decide to live in Palestine? Why did you emigrate? How did you choose that destination? Even some of the parents of the children in my daughter's class asked me that question. They said, <laughs> it was funny, we all want to migrate. We all want to go away. We would love to live in Holland. Why did you come from Holland to live here? How did you make that decision? For them, they feel that everything in Holland is better than in Palestine. So that made me think. It made me start to think about why did I make this decision and how did this all happen? And I want to share it with you as the first podcast of the new season. And that's also for myself to get back into the flow of podcasting because, you know, I've been out of it for several weeks now and I also still feel that I have to land back here in Palestine. I came back a week ago and first I had to quarantine and it was funny because the first four days of quarantine, I just went and cleaned all the house and tidied up everything and I had to throw away a lot of stuff in order to make place for all that stuff that I brought with me. And then I got a message from the Ministry of Health here saying that I did not have to continue my quarantine because a new regulation said that if you had the vaccinations within six months prior to your arrival, you didn't have to continue the quarantine. So I was all of a sudden without having to do a another corona test because I did one in Holland and one upon arrival and they were both negative. So I didn't have to do another test. And yeah, after four days, I could move again freely. But I was happy with those four days because I needed that time to settle back into the house. One of the very important items I brought back with me from Holland is the Historic Atlas of Palestine 1948 by Salman Abu Sitta. And it is a huge book full of maps and information of Palestine before 1948. It gives you all the villages and towns and cities that existed before 1948. And many of those we know have been depopulated and even demolished, destroyed after 1948. The book itself weighs five kilo. So I had to make a decision. Am I going to take it? Am I going to leave it in Holland until the next visit? But then I realized this atlas has to be here in Palestine and I'm going to bring it to our Singer Cafe in Beit Sahur so that everybody who wants to have a look through the atlas can do that. And I may even organize some special events around the atlas. So yeah, I used those four days to get the house back into shape. And then I was lucky because my husband helped me to find a car. I didn't have a car anymore. And he got me a Mazda 5, which is the same car my sister has in Holland. She has three children. And this car is perfect because you can either have four passengers and a lot of luggage, or you can uplift the back seats so that you can actually have six people with you in the car. And I'm hoping in the future to be able to organize tours and excursions, trips for families and for individuals who want to join. And so I can bring six people along. And I think that's a great number to travel with. So keep that in mind if you are planning a trip to Palestine. But yeah, the question, why did I officially emigrate to Palestine now? So I've been thinking about it a lot. 
first of all, one of the reasons I have to admit for giving up the house I was renting is also that the municipality started asking questions about my stay in the Netherlands because officially you have to be at least four out of 12 months in the country to be allowed to be registered. And I didn't usually manage to be there for more than three months. Also, my children, who are now five and seven years old, they are going to school here. And so the Ministry of Education in Holland was also wondering about where do the kids go to school. And then, because I was renting from a housing association, and it's a house that is supposed to be for people with a limited budget, it's social housing, it's subsidized housing. So I said, yeah, I cannot keep a house like that just for me to spend the summer holidays. So that was also part of the decision. But of course, moving to Palestine and being here is something that is part of my path. And this is what I realized in the course of time. So let me start with the beginning. And this is in retrospective. Now looking back, I told you in the previous episode, in the anniversary episode, that the first time I came here was because I was invited by some Israelis I met in Europe. They were from the Israeli anarchists against the wall. And I first stayed in Tel Aviv. And then we made some excursions and tours around the country. And I remember now vividly having the experience of knowing that I either had a life before, maybe an incarnation before in this part of the world, or now I think maybe unconsciously, somehow I knew I was going to end up living here. But there was such a deep feeling of rootedness, of coming home, of feeling at ease in this place. And I had traveled to many other countries before, but I never had that feeling. And that was kind of confusing. And of course, there are many people who travel to the Holy Land, especially religious people who will feel a special connection to this place because they've learned so much about it, both Christians, Jews and Muslims. And they feel related to those holy sites, to the places of their religion and their beliefs. But I am not a religious person and I didn't at all have that kind of experience. For me, the experience was more with the land. And it's hard to explain, but for me, the land is really literally the soil, the place where people live, where they work, where they do agriculture, where they try and make a living. And I felt such a strong connection with the native people of the land. And obviously, that connection I felt most strongly with Palestinians, especially after I started coming to the West Bank and in East Jerusalem. I've never been able to go to Gaza, but it was a very interesting experience. And I also remember vividly that after a few weeks, I was sitting outside listening to the call for prayer from the mosque. And even though I really am not a religious person, and at that time I definitely also wasn't very spiritual, I had a very, I would now say, spiritual experience where I recognized it as a message for me 
to not leave, but to extend my stay. And where I was going to stay maybe only three weeks, I ended up staying for three months and I ended up coming back very regularly and sometimes for long periods of time. And so over time, I connected more and more to the place, to the people. And before I even met my husband, I was already feeling at home here. And that's probably also been really important because I know that I can live here even without my husband. And obviously, he and my children are very important reasons for me for being here. But I now know that they are not the main reasons. And that happened two and a half years ago when a Palestinian Dutch friend of mine came here and she gave us a 10 days mindfulness training. She's a Buddhist. She also gave us some nonviolence training, not so much related to the local situation. That's what people always thought about nonviolence, but more the nonviolence way of communication you can have with your surrounding, with your family, with your partner, with your friends, expressing your own needs and making sure that you communicate them in the correct way. But the mindfulness we did, we meditated a lot daily. And towards the end of the 10 days, let's say retreat, she made us connect to our, what she called inner warrior. And for me, that was the first very spiritual experience I had. And my inner warrior had a very clear message for me. And it was, you are on your path and there are no obstacles. And I have to say that before that, I had been weighing a lot. I had like a skill in my head. What is better? Should I raise my children in Palestine? Should I raise my children in Holland? Is it better to be here? Is it better to be there? And I was always making that comparison. You see, the education system in Holland is probably better when it comes to critical thinking and when it comes to the freedom of expression and the freedom of speech and creativity and it's for free also here we pay quite a lot of money for the school the streets are cleaner there are bike paths of course you have freedom there you live in an environment where people are supporting each other to live a more vegan or vegetarian lifestyle to have organic products to recycle your waste and so on on the other hand, I saw that the social life in Palestine was maybe much more easy. Here you don't have to make appointments weeks in advance with your friends. As my husband always says, Holland is not a very spontaneous country. And that's one of the reasons why he doesn't want to move to Holland. And I can see that people here are much more friendly and open and warm and welcoming. I mean, there are many reasons why you would decide to live in one or the other country. But after this experience, I knew that my path is where I am right now. And then I realized I'm not here just because of my husband or because of my children. I'm here because this is my path. And it gave me so much lightness and it gave me so much peace of mind and peace of heart that I knew that this is where I am supposed to be. And of course, it helps that my children were born here and for them, this feels like home. For them, going to Holland, it is something for the holidays. 
Being here is home. They love living with their grandparents because they live upstairs. We live downstairs. So they get to see them every day. They love the food here. They like their school. They love the house. It makes it easier. And also I have all those memories from the moment they were born until now. We have grown here together. So this is our family house. And then I guess on top of that, it has been very helpful to study the tour guide program at the Bible College because that really made me understand the importance of this place in the world. It made me so much more connected to its history. And now when I travel around and when I see places, I have a different feeling than I had before. And I still need to discover many places because, yeah, we've learned so much and there are still so many places to explore that I I know about, but I haven't seen yet. So I'm really hoping to be able to do that now that I have a better car and that I can take people along. So I'm pretty excited about the upcoming months of being back in Palestine. I still have to see a lot of people that I haven't seen for many months now. I've already eaten Warik Dawali and Kusa Mehshi and Bitinjan from Batir. We ate kufta and my mother-in-law, she made a malfouf today. And this is one of the things really also very big advantage of living here. First of all, the incredible food and the fact that my mother-in-law is cooking at least half of the week. And so I don't have to worry about what to make for the children when they come home from school. And even though I graduated from the Bible college, I won't stop studying because we are still waiting for the exam of the Ministry of Tourism that we have to do to get the tour guide license. And so I will keep studying and I will keep visiting places. And I'm hoping to do more podcast recording while at a site and also trying to do some videos because I have a YouTube channel and I do think that it would be great for you to have also some visuals. Last year, I didn't get the chance because of COVID and also it takes time. So making the videos and then kind of editing them into something nice, it will probably take me time to learn that, but I will watch some tutorials and do my best. And actually coming week, I am going to meet with Izzedine and you know Izzedine from the podcast episode about Sufism and about the Greens in Palestine and we're going to go for a tour in the old city of Jerusalem and he's going to show me some places that are a little bit hidden and off the beaten track. I'll bring my recorder so hopefully I get to do a nice podcast episode with him in the old city and there are many other topics we can still discuss and places to visit. So stay tuned, tell your friends about the podcast, make sure that everybody knows to tune in on Mondays for a new episode. And I want to thank you for listening and for following Stories from Palestine podcast. Thank you for listening to Stories from Palestine. If you enjoy the podcast, then here are several things you can do to support the show. Tell your friends about the podcast. Share some of the social media posts on Instagram or Facebook. Start following the YouTube channel. You can also hear the podcast audio there. And soon I will start uploading videos. 
Sign up for the email list so that you get a reminder with a clickable link to the new podcast episode. And in the future, you will be updated about programs and trips that I will start to organize. And of course, you can donate to help me pay for hosting the podcast and the website and all the related recording costs. It's the only source of income I have at the moment, so you can imagine how much I appreciate every cup of coffee or falafel sandwich that you buy me on the Kofi platform. All the links that you need can be found in the show notes and on the website storiesfrompalestine.info. That's it. I hope you will tune in again next week. <laughs>